Uh, we're on relational. Uh, I want to say truth to the time that I have here today. Uh, so just give me about 20 minutes, and we're going to hit you hard and run, all right? Uh, so we got two more sessions, uh, which has just been an amazing thing. <laughs> uh, it's been blessing us. And uh, I want you to tell somebody about these, about these services. Let them know. We got two more sessions. So drag them next week, all right? Drag them, drag them. Just, just get them in the headlock and just pull them to church. Pull them. You know, so tell them we're still here. We're here. We're at week number six. We'll be next week. This is week number five. But uh, this topic is very, very uh, important. It talks about relational health. And, man, we talk about relationships. Uh, some of us are messed up because of relationships and such an important point of healing, right, when we talk about relational healing and relational health. So we're going to talk about that uh, for about 20 minutes, and I pray it's going to be a blessing. What I've tried to do during this series is give you actionable steps, right? I've tried really hard not to be abstract, uh, which church can be very abstract at times. You know, we talk about the thing, but don't tell you how to obtain the thing, right? So I, I really have tried to give you actionable steps, things that you can think about and apply throughout the week, right? But you always hear me say, and I love it, my grandfather used to say that medicine is only as good as it is taken, right? And so uh, we're all, uh, I have found myself in every step of this transformation, Right? I mean, some, I know some of you are perfect, but I have a lot of imperfections. Right? I remember one day we were, we were on a bus and the church was going out, and <laughs> my grandfather saw a church that says, Church without spotted wrinkles. And he said, Man, I hope nobody in this bus gets off to join that church because they're going to have to change the name. Church without spotted wrinkles. The minute I join, it's going to be church with a lot of spots and a lot of wrinkles. Right? I, I thought that was a funny thing that church without spotted wrinkles. Sounds good, though, right? Yeah. But, man, I got a lot of spots and I got a lot of wrinkles. And uh, I'm so thankful that, that, that Jesus, his blood covers us and saves us. Amen. So that God sees us through his eyes and his eyes only. Amen. So the scripture that we've been, we, I, I, that we've been just feasting on in that Romans 12 and 2, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation can only come through mental renewal. All right, once you receive Christ in your life and he changes your spirit, man, then your mind has to be transformed. Uh, we have a lot of good people in the church that have messed up minds. Selah. <laughs> a lot of good people in the church that love God, but their minds are messed up, right? Because what? They haven't read this scripture. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind. So when you come to church, and you're fellowshipping, and you're in the right circle, your mind begins to get transformed, and you're staying in the Word. The Word is designed to transform. The Word is designed to transform. You've got to believe that with every fiber in your body. The Word is designed to transform. Then you will be able, only after this transformation happens, you'll be able to test and to approve what God's will is. And these are the three things that we've been hitting. God's will is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. Man, it doesn't get any better than that. It's good, it's pleasing, and it is perfect. Who would not want to be in the will of God? Amen? So put your hand in your mind and say, Lord, thank you for transforming my mind. Amen. Transforming my mind. Getting rid of those narratives, right? Transform the mind. First Peter 4 and 8, I love the scripture above. I love every scripture, as you see. Above all things. 
above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. Man, that word intense, Lord, that's, that's tense. Have intense and unfailing love. Not for God. Or you would think, for God, yes. You know, I have intense, unfailing love for God. That sounds great. But he said, no, 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 I'm talking about God. We know, we know that. For each other. Wow. Not, not all for my family. Like I would do anything. No, 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 that's not what he said. Those in the body of Christ, those in the household of faith, he says, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offense of others. Wow. That's how somebody can offend you and you keep on going because that's true kingdom love. And he says, what kind of love are you to have? He says, intense and unfailing. Lord, help us. Because somebody says one or two things wrong to us, that's it, we're done, we're out. People don't have that longevity anymore with each other. You know, it's like, you, 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 you make me upset, that's it, you're done, you're on my list. That's it, you're, <laughs> you're on my list. I'm, not, I'm going around the church to talk, to, I'm not even coming over there. You know, he says, listen, unfailing love. And I always think about it, and I said this a couple weeks ago, I said, you got to think about the mercy that Christ extended to you. You should always be willing to extend to somebody else. Because he's still extending mercy to me. He's still working on me. So unfailing, intense, and I want you to think about that. How do I have intense love for someone else? I mean, let's just start with the people in this room. Let's just, how do we have intense love for one another? How do we have that intense, unfailing love for one another? We like to be loved, but, you know, you got to love too. Amen? Seven ways to build a healthy relationship. Let's jump into this. Are you ready? Let's jump to these seven. One, get interested in other people. And it sounds, sounds pretty simple, but it's pretty funny, right? Get interested in other people. Christ was a people person, right? Some people, I'm just not a people person. Yeah, you got to be a people person if you, if you have Christ living on inside of you. So you don't say you're not a people person. You are a people person if you're saved. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 1, unfriendly people care only about themselves. I mean, this is going to be the most practical message you've ever heard, believe me. Uh, unfriendly people only care about themselves. They lash out at common sense, right? They got an issue with everything. They mad at everything, right? He says, uh, unfriendly people only care. It is a form of selfishness when you don't care about other people. Jesus was constantly moved with compassion. I mean, that's what keeps me going to RCC. You know, some days I want to cry, some days I want to laugh, some days I want to roll, some days I want to weep, some days I want to jump, sometimes I want but, to, but guess what? When I see the hurting city, my heart, compassion keeps me going. Because what? If you have the love of Christ in you, it puts compassion there. Philippians 2 and 4 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Man, I mean, this is Bible 101. <laughs> but man, we, 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 we've forgotten these basics uh, that keep us close to Christ so much. We've forgotten the fact that, hey, it's not about me. We're so concerned about working on me that we forget to love each other. Someone needs help. You just walk by them. Okay, all right. I mean, stop. come on. Love one another. Help one another. What can these harvest hands do, not just for RCC, but for each other? What can these harvest hands do for Philadelphia? What can these harvest hands do? Don't live your life storing up things that you can't put in the casket with you. 
I, I mean, come on, th think about how many hours we spend. Uh, 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 bigger, better house, bigger, better car, bigger, better stuff. I, I mean, it, it's what you do for Christ. That will last, the Bible says. It's what you do for Christ. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. Don't beat me up. I love nice stuff. I think you should have nice. You are a king's kid, but that should not consume your life. It should not consume your life because flesh will never be satisfied. There's always a better suit than the one you have. There's always shoes that look better than the ones you have on. Come on, there's always a shirt that you would like to buy. There's always something, but you can't be consumed with the things of this world. It will rule your life, and you are working for things. Where he said, when you get to heaven, it's not, he's going to ask you, uh, how many uh, Armani suits did you buy, or how many red-bottom shoes did you get a chance to wear? He doesn't care about none of that stuff. He wants to know, what did you do for the kingdom? What impact did you have? So, right, we could be doing a whole lot of other things on an afternoon as nice as today is on a Sunday but guess what? You are here getting your mind transformed so that you can what? Not just care about yourself, but you can care about other people too. Amen? Amen. Look at somebody that says, not about me. It's about you. Not about me. It's about you. Thank you. <laughs> Renee was helping me sing it back there, right? It's not about me. It's about you. All right? And what can we do to make it more about one another? That's the question. Number two, stop being a complainer. Ah, oh, yeah. I posted something up last week that anyone that comes with problems without solutions is just whining. Right? I, I, as, as a leader, you want people to bring solutions. I know the problems. I guarantee you, no one can tell me a problem with RCC that I don't know already. Every problem you see, I see 20 times that. Every issue you hear, I hear a whole lot more than you. Right? The, 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 the problems is not the issue, but we need solutions. He says, stop being a complainer. Look at the scripture. There's a, there's a scripture for this. Did you believe this? Philippians 2 and 14. It says, do everything, wow, without complaining and arguing. <laughs> That's what I said. Wow. There's, a, there's an app for that. There's a scripture for that. Not to complain. He says, hey, do uh, not some things. He says, this, this is where it got me. Everything. For all the deep people, I don't complain. Everything. <laughs> Do everything without complaining and arguing. Do everything. Not that you can't have an opinion, not that you can't disagree, but stop complaining. This ain't right. That ain't right. Why we got to do this? This ain't that. I mean, the people of Israel drove God crazy. God was so upset with their complaining, Alex, that he was ready to destroy a whole people. He said, I am tired of, Moses is like, God, come on, you, you can't destroy a whole nation. He's like, yes, I can. I'm God. I can destroy a whole nation. That's what I can do. Who's going to stop me? Right? Moses stood before God and said, God, I, I mean, these people are in a rough condition. I mean, come on. He had to be the advocate, which is what Christ is for us. Because we're like the people of Israel. We complain. I wish I had this. I wish I had this. I wish I had this. And Jesus says, they don't know what they're saying. Don't, 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 don't destroy them. Come, come on. Come on. Don't, 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 don't. Give them another shot. I'm so thankful that he didn't destroy me for all my complaining. I told somebody the story the other day. Uh, Uriah was in the shower upstairs. We had one issue with our roof. We got fixed. And the Uriah was in the shower. And I saw drip, drip, drip. And I started complaining. 
and the Holy Spirit says, why are you complaining? I'm like, why am I complaining? Drip, drip. He's <laughs> like, and, and he convicted me, Renee. He says, you got a roof that can leak. <sighs> yeah, that, that was one of those moments. He was like, you got a roof that can leak. I mean, you remember you were driving back and forth? You got a roof. Come on. See, see, my Holy Ghost just don't work on Sundays. My Holy Ghost work personally when I'm complaining. And I hadn't even voiced that to no one. I hadn't even voiced it, not even to Ray. I was just going off in the inside. Have you ever had a session on the inside? I mean, you're just going off on the inside. I'm just lighting it up on the I am fussing on the inside. And the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, why are you complaining? You have a roof that can leak. How many people wish they had a roof that can leak? It's to be, he convicted me. And I repented. I said, God, I'm sorry. I really shouldn't have complained. I'm not happy the roof was leaking, but I really shouldn't be complaining. I'm thankful that I have a roof that can leak. That's little stuff. He's going to fix it. I'm not worried about it. But, man, I'm blessed to have a roof. I, I, are you hearing me? I, you got to sometimes remember, put yourself in remembrance of how blessed that you are. You're blessed. So that no one can criticize you, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in the world full of crooked and perverse people. He says this is when you stop complaining and stop always having an issue with everything. Because there's no perfect place. No perfect thing, right? That's called heaven. And we all want to get there, but not today. That's called heaven. Heaven is that perfect place. We're all striving to get there, right? But while we're here, there will always be something that we have to work out and work through. Jesus worked through stuff all the way to the cross. I mean, think about it. All the way to the cross, he worked on stuff. On his way to the cross, one of his disciples betrayed him. It started cursing and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, all the way to the cross. I mean, he's on the cross, and they'd be all the way to the cross. Even after he was risen, Thomas still, I mean, even... Uh, it doesn't stop, right? But don't complain and don't argue because the Bible says all things work together for your good for those that are in Christ Jesus. All things. He does not waste one ounce of what you go through. Every ounce, Sister Chris, he uses for his glory. Even my roof. Look at this. Number three, be a good listener. Talk about building healthy relationships. Be a good listener. Ray has taught me this one. Or she'll say, I'm teaching. I'll, I'll say taught. She's going to say, I'm teaching him this one. Be a good listener. Some people love to talk. And have you ever had a conversation with somebody and you act like you're listening, but you're getting your point together in your mind? Y'all quiet today. Come on, y'all, 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 come on. Go, all right, yeah. I mean, did you hear me? Yeah, but now you, that means you really didn't hear it because you, you were busy getting your defense argument together. You're a lawyer now, so you, you, you're busy getting your, and you're not listening. You're not listening. You're not listening. He wants you to be a listener. Uh, there's a scripture for that. 
James 1 and 19, understand this, my dear brother and sisters, you must all be quick to, there's a scripture for that, be quick to listen and slow to speak. I mean, as a leader, I remember uh, when I was a youth pastor in New York, and I had a staff of like 25 people, and, and, and a, a lot of them just were there all, we were around the clock, my wife can tell you, and man, they would come to me with big ideas, big decisions, and big this, and, and what do you think, pastor? And I would say, I'll get back to you, and it drove them nuts. And I said, no, because I got to hear you, but I can't be quick to speak. I got to process this through the Holy Ghost. I gotta, so, so he says, hey, be quick to listen, but stop being so fast to speak and be slow to get angry. This helps relationships. If anyone wants a healthy relationship, if you just live James 1 and 19, you will have a great relationship. Any man that wants a great relationship, let me just, put, let me just narrow it down, right? Uh, any man that wants, understand, he says, he says brothers first. That's really what he's talking about. Really didn't mean the sister. That's a typo. This <laughs> The sister part's a typo. It's really a typo. He's saying, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Have you ever gotten angry at something and realized afterwards, why did I get so mad? Why did I let myself get so angry? It, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, I let the enemy just really blow this thing up. And he's great. He just pumps that thing bigger. You know, <laughs> you know he, right? At least he's not pumping it. He's just pumping it. It starts out like this. And Gail, when he gets done, it's like, a, it's like the Macy's Day Parade. That thing is huge. And we'll start off with a small issue, all of a sudden it's pumped up, and you're like, yeah! And it's like, after it's all over, I don't even know why I even blew it up like that. Right? That's the enemy messing with your relationships. He loves to cause confusion. He says, but listen, be slow to speak and slow to anger and quick to hear. Are you getting something today? We're almost there. Number four, accept people unconditionally. That's a big one. Accept people unconditionally. I don't have to agree with you, but I don't have to reject you either. Oh, because that's what Jesus did. Jesus doesn't agree with sin, but he died for the sinner. Does that make sense? He doesn't agree with sin. He doesn't agree with certain lifestyles. He's totally opposed to them, but he has not rejected you. His love accepted you. Right? Wild things got worked out in you and through you. All right, let, let's look at the scripture. It says uh, in Romans 15 and 7, Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Accept others. I didn't say it has to be perfect, because guess what? I'm not perfect. So unconditionally acceptance. The Bible says when somebody offends you, what is it, 70 times 7 in one day? I mean, think about that. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> 70 times 7 in one day. I mean, that's a, I'm not there yet. I'm not even at 7. But 70 times 7, he says, if someone offends you in one day, forgive them. That's not like if 70 people offend you, if one person in one day. I mean, that's love beyond love. That's that intense, unfailing kind of love. See, the scripture's not there to show you how imperfect you are. It's show you how much you need Christ. That's what it's there for. That's why they couldn't keep the law in the Old Testament, because they were so messed up. The law was to show them who they were, how much they need Christ. You can't do this without Christ. You can't live like this without Christ. But through him, I move, breathe, and have my being, the writer said. Right? So we're talking about building those healthy relationships. 
being able to be acceptance of others. Number five, help people feel significant. This is a huge one. When's the last time you made somebody feel good or you paid somebody a compliment, right? Not because it did something for you, but it was just nice to be nice, to say something nice to someone. I want this week to think of somebody that you, can, that you haven't complimented in a long time. Send them a card. Give them a phone call. Send them a text. It's so easy to be nice today. You don't even have to have a smile on your face. You can text them. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's so easy to be nice. Just, you can send them a happy card over the internet. I mean, even if you're angry, I mean, you can, while God works that thing out. I mean, Ray, Ray, Ray and I, and I think I told you this before, Ray and I had an issue with somebody who was really getting under our skin, I mean, on purpose. And it was like, I don't understand why this person is just really letting the devil, you, we call it letting D, we call it D, what is it? Letting D use them. Like, why they, so we went, prayed, and God led us to go buy this person a really nice gift. And I was like, no. I'm not spending my hard-earned money, and they're just giving me hell over and over again. But the Holy Spirit convicted both of us, and we went and we did it. We didn't get like, we didn't go to Walmart, uh, you know, or Rite Aid to go get, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we didn't do that. I mean, we got him a nice gift for now, a, really, a gift that I was like, you know what, I think we should keep this gift. I mean, that nice of a gift, and we blessed them with it. Why? Because not for them, but to free me. Gosh. It was to free me, not to free them. So I wouldn't have any ought in my heart against them. I just want to bless. You got to bless people to the fact until you get free. And they'll get free in the process. Are you hearing me here, somebody? Healthy relationships. Look at the scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. We're almost there. Two more. Be devoted to one another in what? Love. Honor. Man, that word we don't talk about no more in church. Honor. Honor. I was brought up, you know, the old church taught you honor. They taught you honor leadership, honor one another. These days, people just do whatever they want. There's no honor. I am blessed because I learned to honor my leadership. I learned to honor those who were different. But honor, that word honor, man, we, we, and, 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 and leaders are doing people injustice by not teaching on honor. Honor one another above yourselves. Well, I got my stuff. I know you got your stuff set up. You imagine how many times I hear that one, right? But honor above yourself. We're not talking about somebody abusing you. Sometimes you're your brokenness makes you so scared to walk in brokenness. Okay, can I say it again? Your brokenness from past relationships makes you so scared to walk in true kingdom brokenness where you are pliable in God's hand because you're so scared someone's going to take advantage of you. And it's messing up your relationship with God. It's messing up your relationship with one another. It's getting in the way of you doing your kingdom purpose. Right? No one can take advantage of you. Somebody told me this years ago, and it blessed me, when you do it from your heart. Do it from your heart. God, don't think God loves you enough to make sure that no one takes advantage of you? I mean, there's so many instances, man, I could have said, man, that, that's, I'm going to be vulnerable if I do that. <laughs> very, very vulnerable, man. I mean, if I, if I open that door, I'm going to be very vulnerable. If I go down that road, my wife and I are going to be very, very vulnerable. But you know what? I'd rather be obedient to you than to let my past brokenness prohibit me from walking into true kingdom brokenness. Oh, are y'all hearing this here today? We're almost done. Walking in true kingdom brokenness. What is God asking me to do that's above myself? 
because we live in a day and an age. I'm working on a message of a preacher in 2018 called Selfie. Because it's all about the selfies. Every day, everybody got their phones out. Look. You know, it, I don't get it. You know, I, listen, listen, I get social media, but this, I mean, there's sometimes people have no, they're just empty. Like, you look at their pages, it's all them, all day and night. Right? Where we become a society that is focused on us and we're not giving back towards anybody else. We're not serving in our church. We're not serving one another. We're not, and, and young people in, in particular, especially like high school kids and stuff like that and college kids, it's all about them. Right? But love, honor above yourselves. I mean, that's huge. What can we do? This is a healthy relationship. Anybody that's married, you know, it's about putting your spouse above you. 16 years of marriage were going on, and man, I've learned that one quick. Right? It's not about me. It's about her. Right? And she'll say the same thing. It's not about her. It's about me. And if you keep going back and forth, no, it's about, no, it's about you. No, it's about, I, mean, I mean, at the end of the day, this thing is going to work. Because it's not about you. I don't think it's about me. It's about you. And, and it works that way. Come on. Not that everything's perfect, but it can't be about you. Because last scripture with that, Philippians 2 and 3 says, do nothing out of what? Selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in what? Humility, value others above yourself. Man, these scriptures are good. If I just read the scriptures I'm preaching, I don't even have to say anything. I don't have to say anything. This is, Christine, this is amazing. He says, value other people above yourself. This is phenomenal. Don't be selfish. Say, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Uh, Ray and I went to Cracker Barrels not too long ago. I love Cracker Barrels. Don't judge me. Went to Cracker Barrels. And, and, and every now and then, the Lord will lead us to pay for somebody's meal. And so my kids are like, why are you paying for their meal? Now, we used to do that all the time before we had kids. We had a lot more money before we had kids. We felt rich before we had kids. Like, we would get each other gifts from Tiffany's. When we got kids, it was like, uh, let me see, what can I get you to catch on sale? You know, that stuff, that stuff just slows down because the kids get all your money. But we were in a restaurant a couple weeks ago, and the Lord laid upon our heart to pay for somebody's meal. We called the waitress over and said, you know, we just want to be a blessing. I said, but don't tell them that we're paying for their meal. We just want to do this as a blessing. And our kids looked and said, why? why? I said, because that's what Jesus would do. I don't know what their situation is. Maybe they don't have enough money. Maybe they just, maybe there's a meal they got to go week to week. Maybe they're on a fixed budget. It's not my business to know. I just need to be obedient. Right? Put in the needs. I, I didn't pay for it. I said, I pay for your food. You know, you know there are people that do that. They want to be noticed. Right? I, I paid. Hello, that was me. I hope you enjoyed your meal. <laughs> Those eggs were on me. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. No, yeah, 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 we, we, we didn't do it. And people are always blessing and blessing and blessing. Uh, 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 we, we, we <laughs> my iPad had cracked, and uh, it was a, a couple of weeks after when we first moved to the house, right? I think in June, that we got the box, and someone sold an iPad to my, and I, to this day, I don't know who it was. I, I, I don't even know who it was until this day. What, what, what an amazing thing. And I, we even called the Apple store. We said, you got a mistake. Somebody you know, gave my name, everything on it. They said, no, no, there's no, there's no error, there's no mistake. It was, I'm trying to find out who blessed me. God's like, mind your business. Don't worry about who blessed you, just take the blessing. Come on. Now, now, now here it is. I knew what I needed, but guess what? God knew more what I needed 
And I didn't even have to ask for it to go buy it or spend $600. I, I got home and the box was sitting there waiting for me. Come on, I, I'm trying to tell you, when you do kingdom work, kingdom work will take care of you. Oh, he's amazing. He, who wouldn't want to serve a God? His will is good. It's perfect. Come on, it's pleasing. There's nothing wrong with his will. Are you ready? Number six, be sympathetic. Be sympathetic as Christians, right? Romans 12 and 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be sympathetic. Some people are going through hard times. Have a heart. Don't be numb. Jesus moved with compassion. Another word for sympathetic is be compassionate. Be compassionate. Be compassionate. Feel one another's hurts and pains. Someone's going through a tough time. I'm like, just believe God and move on about your business. You know, sometimes it's not as easy as just believe God. Right? I mean, come on, let's be real. It's easy to say that because that sounds churchy. Believe God. That sounds churchy. Right? But it's not just believe God always. It's like, all right, we, we're going to pray. We're going to get through this. You know what? After I hang up, if you're coming back in 10 minutes, call me back in 10 minutes. Because this is a hard thing you're going through. You lost a loved one or whatever the situation or the doctor gave you a horrible report. Right? Be compassionate with other people's needs and what God has taken them through. The last one, and we're going to pray. Stick with people in tough times. Man, you do these, you're going to have great relationships everywhere. And then, then you can come back and say, Pastor, you, you was right, Pastor. Stick with people in tough times. My grandfather used to say, and I love it, and, I, and, I, and I've seen it since I've, been, <laughs> since I've been taking on this wonderful assignment of mine. Uh, <laughs> you know, people say, Pastor, I'll be with you through thick and thin. And when it gets thick, they thin out. That's what he used to say, Ben. Right, that's what he used to say. And I used to, I used to, ah, I used to laugh. Now, it ain't funny now I'm going through the same thing. You know, I can't tell how many people come here, Pastor, I'm with you to thick and thin. And boy, it got thick and they thinned out real quick. Right? But people don't know how to stick with people through tough times. I mean, no one that's going through a tough time wants a tough time. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, think about it. Who wants a tough time? They don't want a tough time. But man, it's horrible for you to leave them alone while they're going through a tough time. Lisa, I'm glad you understand me because I feel you right now. I feel you. Ecclesiastes, last scripture, 4 and 8. If either of them fall down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Man. It's good to have two because, you know, if I'm in a, listen, Ray and I, thank God. I thank God for, you hear me say this every week. If I'm in a funk, man, I tell them once, I said, we both can't be in a funk. <laughs> We're in trouble because both of us got issues. I don't know. <laughs> you can't be in my funk when I'm in a funk. It's not your turn. We have these conversations. And then when she's in her issue, I'm like, all right, Andre, I know how you feel. It. You want to do it, but you can't do that. It's her turn. Am I helping somebody here? It's her turn. You can't do that. You can't do that. So it's like when I'm in my funk, I'm like, I need you to encourage me. I'm having an issue today. And then when she's in her issue, I'm like, all right, I need to be the encourager today. Why? Because we both can't do that. So who's going to pick us up? we both sitting there waiting. Right? It's good to have people around you who can be a blessing to you, that even when you're going through tough times, you can show your humanity. 
because you're not Superman or Superwoman every day. I don't care who you are. I know some of the greatest men and women of God that you can think of. I've shook hands and been anointed by some great people. But at the end of the day, everyone is human. And I don't care what the call of God is on your life. There are times when you need somebody to pick you up. <laughs> you need somebody to say, don't worry, be encouraged. I know it looks crazy, but be encouraged. We all need that. And sometimes just saying, God bless you, you know what, stay in there, be encouraged, pastor, be encouraged, sister so-and-so, or be encouraged, brother so-and-so, don't let go. I know the business looks tough, but you know what, hang in there, it's part of the process. I know the doctor's report looks dark, but guess what? Jesus is a healer. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God with you. Come on. You, you got to hang in there with one another. I know you lost a loved one, but guess what? I've been there. I've lost a loved one. I'm going to pray until that sting of death leaves. We, come on. You, 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 you got to hang in there with each other. Stick it in together. So at the end of the day, God's will, it is good. It is pleasing. And it is perfect. Man, close your Bibles. If you could get those three things at his will, it is good. It is pleasing. And it is perfect. He wants you to have healthy, as they come and just play for me, healthy relationships. But watch this. It takes work to have a healthy relationship. God wants you to be able to walk in righteousness through Christ. This purpose of this transformation series is not so you can be like, man, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> I, I feel like that, uh, I feel like <laughs> a lot of days too, but at the end of the day, it's about saying, hey, Jesus, I need you to work on me. I need you to work on me. And guess what? He says, as long as you keep moving. I mean, I, I thought about this today as you stand to your feet. I thought about this today. I said, Lord, if you can use, I mean, Peter literally just finished cussing you out. And I read a part of the gospel that I had never read this week. Where Peter had did what he did, and the next verse says, I think it was in Mark, and I'm going to get it for you next week. Jesus turned his head. I said, he was that close to Jesus? I, I, you know, you know I, 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 it hit me like a ton of bricks. I always saw Peter being, he ran away like the other disciples, and he denied Christ on, a, on you know, in North Philly, not South Philly. <laughs> Come on, stay with me here. You know, he, he, Peter was in North Philly, Jesus was getting persecuted in South Philly, and he couldn't really understand what was going on. No, no, no. Close in the same space. Jesus heard him deny him for him to turn his head. But yet he still used him. In the book of Acts, he's the one preaching in the upper room. Come on, come on. His grace is so large, it's so big. I don't care how close you are to him now and you messed up. Guess what? His grace is so big, it's so large. God's will is good. It is pleasing. And it is perfect. I want you just to lift your hands and just as they sing a couple of verses of break every chain. I'm
I'm believing God is going to restore confidence in your heart and good, healthy relationships. Man, we've all had some bad relationships. I've been there. You've been there. Bad relationships that have stung us. But guess what? God wants you to have healthy relationships. He wants you to have blessed relationships. He wants you to learn how to love again and trust. That T word we don't like. Trust. 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 Well, you don't know, Pastor. Trust. Well, you, you don't know what I've been through, how many times I've been backstabbed. Trust. Man, we all got stories. <laughs> We'd be here three, four hours more if I gave the mic to tell me every time that you were backstabbed. Man, I'm sure everybody's testimony would be amazing. We'd all be crying and tearing in here. But after it's all said and done, Jesus says, trust me. My word works. My word works. So I'm going to ask that you to lift your hands for a couple of seconds and just ask God to restore in you trust. To put together the broken pieces. As he breaks the chain of oppression and every stronghold that the enemy has crept in through your broken relationships that is closing every single door. Let's just worship for a minute.